All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Holritz. Happy, well, it's Wednesday. I don't know why I was about to say happy Monday, but happy Wednesday to you. Middle of the week. I hope your week is going really well. It's been an interesting, uh, somewhat challenging, but overall, I guess I could say positive week so far, and I hope you could say the same too. Being an entrepreneur is uh, it always brings a variety of challenges. And um, I was just actually meeting with my mastermind group today, and we were talking about that idea of riding the wave. You know, you you certainly want to take advantage of the opportunities to to ride the wave that brings a ton of success, and then sometimes things are they 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 drop off a little bit. It's not quite that big wave. It's not quite as exciting, and and you have to kind of go with the flow. Um, I'm super thankful for my team at Photographers Edit, and we're up by quite a bit this year over where we were at this time last year. Um, but even within that success comes a lot of different challenges, and uh, so we're just kind of rolling with the punches, going with the flow. And I'm again super thankful to have the team that I do. Um, I certainly couldn't do it without them, and um, I, I'm, I'm sure that you all can somehow relate. Even if you're running a sole proprietorship, individual photography business, um, I'm sure that, that you can speak to companies or even individuals in-house or otherwise that, that you rely on that make up that team that enable you to run a business, and um, let's all show a little bit of thanks to them today. All right. Well, that was kind of an unexpected introduction. Um, and we have a little bit of an unusual show today. I'm going to explain that here in just a second, but for those of you that might be live streaming right now with us. So facebook.com slash Boca podcast, youtube.com slash Boca podcast. Don't be shy. Jump in, make comments, ask questions, um, jump, join the conversation, make this group discussion. And I think you'll find a lot of value in today's conversation. It's going to be a super, super practical conversation. Get to that in just a second. For those of you that are listening to this after the fact, you're listening to the audio version of this. We do a live stream one to two times a week. And and um, again, you can become a part of that conversation if you just follow us on Instagram at Boca, B-O-K-E-H podcast, Boca podcast on Instagram. You can keep up with the upcoming episodes. So make sure you do that. Come join the live streams. And then lastly, um, as I always do, as I promised I would do before we get started with each episode, i popping up my receipt for my donation to Charity Water. Uh, you can see that up there on the screen. And um, I made that donation today. It's really kind of amazing, actually. And I've said this so many times, but it's kind of mind-boggling to think that just a few bucks, $40 in this case is what I donate each time, means clean drinking water for, I think, even more than just one person, two or three people at least. And I, I donate through this organization called Charity Water, and they're incredible. It's really interesting, actually. 100% of the donations go to the organization. And then the salaries of those that, that kind of uphold that organization, the people that work at the organization are paid by um, other donors from what I understand. It's a really cool setup. But it's amazing how a little bit of money goes a long way. And I, I want to continue to encourage everybody by kind of being accountable to you with these donations to look for opportunities to give because it really is incredible how far just a little bit of money can go and making a significant difference in the lives of others. And I think we're all in a place that's privileged enough if we're on a phone or a computer to give a few bucks to make a difference in somebody's life. So let's do that. Let's do that together as a community, as a photography industry. All right. Now, I would normally be introducing my guest um, today here. And uh, unfortunately, we ran into some tech difficulties with internet connection speed and wasn't able to carry on a smooth conversation. So I asked Mia, Mia Admire, uh, from Mia Admire Photography, I said, hey Mia, can, would it be all right if I just go ahead and go live with the show? 
and I can basically speak as though I'm speaking to you. Of course, we don't have the conversational element. I won't have Mia here to, to introduce her backstory. Um, but what I can do is still share the suggestions that I was going to make to Mia either way about how she can increase the conversion on her website. Um, for those of you that jumped onto the episode, you may have seen this is, we titled it just very simply a business consultation. We do brand position consultations here at the Boca Podcast, and uh, we're going to be booking a bunch more actually here in the very near future. So um, make sure that if you're interested in coming on the show, if you want me to review your website or to review your brand, to do a general business consultation, kind of like we're going to do today, um, or you have a topic that you want to bring to the Boca Podcast, make sure that you go to bocapodcast.com. In fact, let me actually pop this up on screen so you can see it. Go to bocapodcast.com here. Scroll down to the bottom and you'll see an option to be a guest, apply to be a guest. Click on that and follow that process there and um, you'll be set. You'll be good to go. We'll, it, once we get that application, we could take a look at it. And if it makes sense, if it looks like a good fit for the show, then um, certainly we'll reach out. We'll set up a time and you can come be on the show. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit apprehensive putting that massive invite out there. But honestly, we're looking for a bunch of guests. We want to put out two shows a week. And um, we, we've got we've kind of had a calendar that's opened up. So we've got some upcoming shows. But I want to add more guests to that and uh, keep building on this incredible library that is the Boca Podcast. We've got, I think this is going to be something like 500 and... 70 episodes, 65, 70 episodes at this point, a ton of content, free content, a lot of practical, helpful content. Um, and we're going to add to that wonderful library today. So to kind of bring it back around, um, I was going to have Mia on the show today, and uh, we were going to talk a little bit about how to kind of take the next step in her business journey. She's relatively new in the professional photography space um, and has recently gotten uh, her professional certification, one, maybe two different certifications as a professional photographer, but wants to up that conversion rate, booking clients from her website. And so I made some notes, I did a little preparatory work prior to the podcast and made some notes and have a number of steps, key steps that I wanted to recommend to her for the sake of improving her website conversion. And I think this is a super practical, super helpful point of conversation for everyone. These are going to be super simple, easy to follow recommendations as well, and kind of a, a starting point, because I'm going to refer you to additional resources that can help you with some of these additional steps or some of these steps that I'm, gonna, I'm going to recommend. But if as whether a new photographer or an established photographer, if you are looking to in, improve the conversion from your website and ultimately just book more clients as a photography business and brand. Um, this is going to be a super practical episode for you today. It's going to actually be really short as well. If you have the ability to go ahead and get a piece of paper, a notebook. I've got my notebook right here. I'm, I'm holding it up kind of old school. I'm, I'm a mostly digital guy, but I've really come to enjoy the process of taking physical notes with a little notebook. And what do they call these? These are zebra pens. If y'all don't know what a zebra ballpoint pen is, you got to check it out. I think they're like 11 bucks on Amazon and so fun to write with. Anyway, totally nerding out and going on a tangent there, but I enjoy the process of taking physical notes during the podcast. But if you have the ability to either take notes on your phone, if you've got your, the note app on your phone or on your iPad or your computer, get ready to take some notes. And I'm going to make some really simple recommendations to you and ultimately to Mia, who is listening in on YouTube. Thanks for, for joining us, Mia. 
She actually was, was able to make the, uh, to join us. She says, I am here. <laughs> Thanks, Mia. I popped in the comment up there on the screen. And um, I'm going to make these suggestions, recommendations, primarily to Mia, but I think these are super helpful for everybody else listening in. Again, whether a new photographer, an established photographer, and maybe it's just a refresher. You need to go back and take a look at your website and say, hmm, have I done this? Have I done that? And I actually have right here in front of me six different recommendations, reminders, pieces of advice that I wanted to give you. And so let's just go ahead and jump into that. And again, apologies to those of you that were joining to actually not just listen to a monologue from me, but also hear a conversation with Mia. Um, for those of you that might just be joining us now, we had some tech issues with the internet connection and Mia wasn't able to, to actually stay on the call with me. But um, again, going to make some recommendations to Mia for Mia for the sake of improving conversion through her website. And I hope for these are helpful to everybody listening in. Okay, I think I've said that a few times at this point. Stop repeating myself. Let's jump right into this. So one of the things um, that, that came up, and I'm going to kind of talk to Mia as though she's here with me, but being a, one of the things that you mentioned to me a number of times in the conversation was the fact that you had gotten a certification uh, not too long ago. I think you said it was the CPP certification. But having professional photography or photographic certifications, um, I think, and I just, just kind of a little bit of a side note, something to keep in mind, are great for us as professional photographers because in order to achieve those certification or that recognition, we have to put the work in, maybe take a test. I think PPA... Uh, offers, and maybe WPPI as well, offers professional photographer training and ultimately certification, there's pretty significant testing that goes into that process. And um, so in doing that, we're challenging, our, challenging ourselves as individual photographers, making ourselves better, studying the technical elements of what is at least traditionally considered good photography. And we become better as individual photo as photographers through that process. The big caveat to this conversation though, um, and, and I want to make, I want to remind, I think a lot of photographers probably are aware of this, but just a reminder for you and Mia and for anybody else listening in, again, whether you've been in the industry for a while or you're just getting started, those certifications anymore mean very, very little to the general public, to potential clients. I could lead with, you know, I have this list of certifications when I go into a conversation with a potential client. and. Part of the problem with that is that they have no point of reference as to what that means. They don't know the organization that gave you that certification and they really don't even understand what makes a professional photographer on a technical level, right? They see pretty pictures, you're a nice person, you got a nice site, the information you present is easy to understand. That's kind of what most people need. And so putting too much emphasis on awards or certifications doesn't add a lot of value to the potential client in, I would say, 98, 99% of cases. So I just wanted to lead with that, Mia, because you brought that up a number of times, and I'm really happy for you that you made, you put the work in, the time, the effort, the energy to achieve that. But just keep in mind that that is not going to probably book you any more clients than if you didn't have that certification. What they're looking for, again, is a really great experience with a cool person and some good photography to go along with it, and as simplistic as that sounds, that's largely what will drive a successful business uh, when it comes to interacting with potential clients. So I want to lead with that. Okay, so number one, don't put too much emphasis on certifications and awards. If you want to do that for yourself as a photographer to push yourself to get better as a photographer on a technical level, awesome. More power to you. Otherwise, focus on some of these other things that I'm about ready to suggest if you really want to try to convert more clients through your website and through your business. Number two, 
and we'll, we'll park here for just a second because it's a pretty big topic. We spend a lot of time on this, but we need to establish and communicate a clear brand position. And this is super important um, if we are going to kind of work our way through the noise, the mass of photographers in our various marketplaces as photographers and stand out. There are a number of ways to do that. Brand position is one major piece of that puzzle that unfortunately a lot of photographers don't put any emphasis on in many cases because they're not even really aware of the concept or the principle. Brand position at, a, at the root level is very simply a value proposition. Um, I am a wedding photographer. That is a value proposition. I offer value to the marketplace as a wedding photographer. Or in Mia's case, Mia, and let me actually pull up Mia's site here as we're talking about this so that everybody has a little bit of context. We'll try to, to introduce Mia as best we can without her being here. Shout out to Mia. But Mia Admire Photography, M-I-A, Admire, A-D-M-I-R-E, photography.com. MiaAdmirePhotography.com. Of course, we'll link to this in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. And it's Mia underscore admire underscore photography on Instagram. You can see that on screen if you're live streaming with us at the moment. But it's super important that we clearly establish the value proposition. And in this case, Mia is a portrait photographer. We're going to talk about the variation on that proposition here in just a second. But at a very base level, Mia is a portrait photographer. That's the value proposition being offered to the marketplace. You need a portrait photographer. I offer that service. That is my value proposition. Now, Having a value proposition is great, but unfortunately there are a lot of portrait photographers just in your marketplace, Mia, and certainly in other photographers' marketplaces, those who are listening in um, now on the live stream, as well as those who will be listening after the fact, you're, if you just do a quick Google search, if you're a portrait photographer, you're a wedding photographer, you do Google search for that and name your marketplace, you're going to find a lot of other people that are offering that service. So a value proposition by itself is not necessarily that beneficial. It helps simplify things, but it's not super beneficial because it doesn't set you apart. We have to add a unique or we have to have a unique value proposition or a unique brand position statement to help us stand out. I'm a portrait photographer, but what about my portrait photography is different than the portrait photographer or the 20 portrait photographers that you just found on Google when you did a quick Google search? And being able to communicate that very succinctly, very clearly is extremely, extremely important. So just as an example, and then we'll jump to Mia's site and we'll talk a little bit about the way that she's doing this right now. If I, I'm in the Chattanooga, uh, Tennessee market, not a huge marketplace. I think the, the Chattanooga, like the greater Chattanooga area is about a half a million people. Um, Chattanooga proper is maybe 150,000 people thereabouts. Not a huge marketplace, uh, but big enough certainly that there's lots of opportunity. In the Chattanooga marketplace, if I, and the example that I always give is if, if I was offering wedding photography again, I shot weddings for about 10 years. If I said, I am a wedding photographer, that's not going to help me stand out. That's not a unique brand position. That's just a brand position, right? I am a wedding, I, I photograph weddings for Chattanooga couples. I could say that. That's not unique though. So I can create some differentiation by offering a variation on that service. I am a black and white wedding photographer for Chattanooga couples. Now I've offered a variation on the service. I only photograph in black and white. I could get even more niche. I could say I'm a black and white wedding photographer for Chattanooga skateboarders. So I only photograph in black and white and I exclusively focus on the marketplace uh, or a segment of the marketplace, which is skateboarders. And so now I've created some distinction. Somebody searches wedding photography, they land on my site, they're immediately going to know whether I'm a fit for them or not when I am that specific. 
And that's good because we're filtering out clients that we don't want. We're filtering for clients that we do want. And so that specificity is extremely important. Of course, that specificity is also important when it comes to SEO. And we'll talk a little bit about SEO here in just a second. But I that that's that gives you kind of a rough idea of what brand position is. And so let's jump to Mia's site. And Mia's listening in on YouTube. Thanks, Mia, for the, for the ongoing comments, too, and the conversation with me uh, virtually. I appreciate that. Let's jump to Mia's website. I'm going to pull this up here on screen. So if you're live streaming with me, you'll be able to see this. So Mia Admire Photography, M-I-A Admire, just like it sounds, photography.com. And um, at top of the page, Mia Admire Photography for Families and Children. And then underneath it, it says Modern Fine Art Portraiture for All Ages, Designed, Photographed, Timeless. And then click Images for Inspiration for Your Home and Gifting. Uh, and then there's a, it looks like maybe a link that is tell me more. Okay. So I, I want to, just to kind of cut to the chase, Mia, what, it, what I did actually was do a search because I know Mia is based um, outside, just outside of Portland, Oregon. And because in order to, to book, uh, I think Mia told me that she's wanting to book three or four sessions a month, which is not a ton. So this is a very achievable goal. She's looking for balance. She doesn't want to shoot a crazy amount. She still wants to be able to focus on, on family. And, and yet wants to leverage her craft and make a little bit of money. So Mia, if, if you want to photograph three to four sessions a month, if you expand your reach to the general Portland market area, there's going to be plenty of opportunity there. And in order to do a little bit of kind of comparison and contrast with your existing marketplace, I did a search for, and I'll, I'll pull this up here, Fine Art Photography Portland, Oregon. Because one of the things that we need to do when we're looking at establishing a brand position is not just be clear about the service that we want to offer or the variation on a service that we want to offer in order to stand out. We also need to make sure, of course, that there is a marketplace for it. When I gave that example earlier, um, I have to add the caveat, which is that if I launched a business, a wedding photography business as a black and white wedding photographer in Chattanooga, I would very much narrow my marketplace. I would certainly narrow my marketplace if I called out just skateboarders. So I might have to broaden beyond the local marketplace that I live in. I may have to expand to Tennessee or the Southeast region or go even nationally if I want to really niche down. Now, Mia, you're not offering a service through fine art portraiture that is super niche. So you've got plenty of opportunity and you don't have to expand beyond that Portland market. There's, there's plenty of population there from which to build a client base. So no worries there. But what, I would, what we need to do next, though, is to look at what existing photographers are saying about their business. Do they have a brand position? And does that brand position clash or conflict with the what I'm attempting to make a unique brand position on my part? And so in order to do that, very, very simply, just go do a Google search. And that's what I did in preparation for our conversation today, Mia. I Googled Fine Art Photography Portland, Oregon. And you have to specify Oregon because of, actually, as I was doing that search, Maine was the first option that came up. So you definitely have to, I had to specify Portland, Oregon. But when I searched that, um, I then pulled up, wow, probably amounted to maybe about 20 websites over three or four pages or so worth of Google results, uh, both in the Google business and then just organic search results and looked through a bunch of photographers' websites that came up under that search phrase. And what was what I found actually was really interesting. I guess not altogether surprising because you're in Portland, which is one of the most beautiful outdoor locations in the country. But the uh, the number of fine art nature photographers. In fact, I, I jotted down right in front of me here some of the position statements that came up. Fine art nature prints. Of course, I'm not going to name any business here businesses here, but fine art nature prints, 
Fine art landscape photography was another position statement. Fine art nature photography. Uh, fine art wilderness photography. A lot of outdoor photography. There was literally no one except for one person, and we'll get to that in just a second. No business that I found, photography business that I found in those three or four pages worth of the results that said anything specifically about fine art studio portraiture or studio portraits, fine art studio portraits, or even fine art portrait photography. Now, the one caveat or the one exception to that, and again, I don't want to, I never call out studio names um, in these conversations. I don't want to make anybody feel weird or bad or anything else. Um, and there's certainly not a problem with this business, by the way. But this particular business, um, and again, I'm not going to name the full name. Um, it, the, there was the name of the business. Fine Art Portraits was the rest of the name of that business. So it was a name, Fine Art Portraits. And so that was the only company that actually built into their name their position statements. Now, or position statement. That particular business was not just a photography business. This person is a actually really impressive, multi-talented artist who offers fine art portraiture, not just through photography, but also looks like through uh, painting and potentially other mediums as well. I mean, multi-talented individual from what I saw on the website. But that's the only real competition you have. And that person's not exclusively a portrait photographer. That is part of what they do. Um, but I think there's opportunity to come out specifically and uniquely as a fine art studio portrait photographer. I think that's what I would run with or studio fine art portrait photographer if you want to be a little bit more general for the sake of SEO. Uh, I would just run with a very simple position statement, which is that. So let me jump back to your website here just to kind of give you an idea. And Mia says, landscape here is huge. For anybody who's just now joining us, um, Mia Admire was supposed to be on the show with me today, ran into some tech issues. And so I'm speaking to Admire, or Mia virtually through YouTube. She's commenting on YouTube and watching the live stream there. And, um, and so that's how we're having this conversation, this virtual conversation. But she said, yeah, landscape here is huge. And um, she said, there is Portland, Gresham, Troutdale, East County, as we know it here, that encompasses several little towns. And yeah, I know that, and I also know that you're in a, a separate small town as well. If we're looking to build a business though, super small towns naturally by themselves aren't likely going to support the growth of that business. So expanding to a broader marketplace and understanding that most people, if they're doing a Google search for a photographer in the area, may not be searching specifically for those the small town name. Maybe just they, they may just do that general search. Um, assuming that, I would suggest focusing on Portland. Now, there's nothing wrong with, and, and when we get to the SEO portion of this conversation, there's nothing wrong with adding those additional town names. Uh, and that might enable you to, to show up in search results if people are getting that specific. But I searched Portland just to get an idea of, broadly speaking, what your competition was saying. And as I mentioned, again, you don't have any competition that's specifically calling out their position statement, their value proposition as fine art portrait photography or fine art studio portrait photography. So I would suggest going that direction. Um, and the actual position statement, we can try to craft here on, on the live stream today, or it might be something you can just kind of take from what I comment on today. You can build on that and ultimately come up with one. But when I go to your website right now, I'm seeing modern fine art portraiture for all ages. So modern uh, just by itself is a pretty vague word. And anymore, it's not a very relevant word. Uh, I know that when I started in photography back in 2001, 
we we were talking about being contemporary wedding photographers, uh, which, I mean, honestly, I was still learning what it even meant to market at that point. Most of our business was built in word of mouth referrals and working with a wedding coordinator. So I, I didn't really have to do a whole lot of heavy lifting when it came to copywriting and, you know, running ads. In fact, back in that, back at those times, uh, at least for part of that time, it was Yellow Pages. So we had a Yellow Page ad, uh, but I didn't have to do a whole lot of heavy lifting when it came to SEO, thinking about SEO and copywriting and, and position statements on my site and you know, conversion metrics on my website. I wasn't thinking about that stuff as much. All that say, I don't, it, the word modern or contemporary may, be a, may have been a little bit more relevant back then because there, it was at a at kind of stage in f- photographic industry history where we were s- starting to transition. It was coming out of the California marketplace, the West Coast. We were starting to transition from this kind of traditional style of posed, stiff wedding photography and um, you know, me- big medium format cameras to this more photojournalistic look that was particularly popular on the West Coast, shot with 35 millimeter film, you know, on the go, journalistic style stuff, black and white photography. This was starting to get popular again. And so this was the kind of stuff that we were photographing and we had the ability to play to that idea and set ourselves apart in the local market. I digress though. This day, 2022, in you know, May 25th, 2022 is when we're actually doing this show. The using that word modern, I don't think is a relevant word anymore. Um, and it's it's relatively vague, relatively nebulous. Like, what does modern actually mean? Modern in comparison to what? Uh, at this point, because there, we don't see that kind of transition in the industry, it's not really a relevant term. So I would just take that out. Fine art portraiture. Now, portraiture is not going to be as SEO friendly as saying portrait or portrait photography, portrait photographer. So my suggestion would be to to not use the word portraiture, but instead to use again that word photographer or uh, photography, because those are words that are likely going to be searched more often. For all ages, um, that's that's fine. But for the sake of brevity and simplicity, no need to add that because they're going to be able to see that you photograph portraits for everybody through your portfolio. So fine art portraiture for uh, for the Oregon market, for example. I wouldn't say marketplace or even maybe market, but you'd say Oregon's finest uh, studio photographer or Oregon fine art photography for, uh, excuse me, not Oregon. I keep saying Oregon, Portland, Portland's fine art portrait photographer or fine art portrait, fine art portrait photography for Portland. Or you could just say fine art portrait or studio photography and have, um, the right underneath that in subtext, uh, using SEO terminology here, H3 tags, H2 tags, um, you could have Portland and some of the surrounding marketplaces in which you want to work or you want to be found in search terms, you could put that underneath. And that way you don't have to try to build the marketplace into, uh, into that position statement. It's easier for me to do that in the example that I gave earlier because I'm, I'm actually calling out a particular segment of the market in the marketplace. So I can say Chattanooga couples, or I could say Chattanooga seniors or Chattanooga brides or you know, whatever it might be. I can call out a, a particular market segment trying to, to fit the mark, the name of the marketplace into the position statement without calling out a market segment, maybe a little bit more complicated. So just keeping it simple, fine art portrait photography or fine art studio portrait photography. And then again, smaller text underneath H2 or H3 tags. Um, I would then put the name of the market that you want to show up in. 
And we'll get to SEO a little bit more here in just a second, but that will really simplify things. So going back to your website here, um, we're, we're just we're simplifying it. Design, photograph, timeless, not really helpful in helping create any distinction between yourself and other photographers in the marketplace. So we can just nix that. Click images for inspiration for your home and gifting. That's that's kind of a, a given. People are going to go to your portfolio to look at your images. We're going to talk about your website and the way you present your images here in just a second, but um, no need to tell them to go do something that's literally right there in front of them. It's pretty intuitive at this point, so no need to have that call to action to look at those images when they have easy access uh, to them right there. Uh, and then tell me more. This is a call to action um, that might work depending on what you're actually wanting your potential client to do when they get to your website. But for the time being, let's let's um, let's set that aside. We'll come back to that when we're talking a little bit more about that journey that we want to uh, lead your potential clients through. All right, let me jump back over here. And Mia said that she's she said, taking a lot of notes here. All right, that's awesome. I'm, I'm so glad. And, and I hope this is helpful. And I know it's very simple in some ways, but a lot of times it's the simple stuff that does the heavy lifting. I, I'm, I'm a huge believer of the 80-20 principle. I've seen it work in life over and over and over again, certainly in business as well. So we want to see, we want to look for those things that will make the biggest differences, that have the biggest leverage and enabling us certainly as human beings, but also as business owners. And so that's, that's really, really important. Okay, so let me jump back to my notes here. Um, I don't want to get too far off track and ramble too much. So going back to that that brand position, um, we're keeping it simple. We're taking all the the extra, the unnecessary out and and just something simple as fine art portrait photography or fine art studio portrait photography, or excuse me, fine art studio photography. <laughs> Fumbling over my words. Um, and then again, H2 tags underneath and you could you can call out the marketplace that you want to be represented in so that Google is picking that up. Uh, when photographers are, or when clients are searching for you. Let me jump to the next point. So number one, we, we said, we, we talked about the importance of, uh, well, I guess the lack of significance really of certifications and awards. No need to lead with that stuff. That's more for us as photographers. Don't put too much emphasis on that because there are a lot of other things as we are discussing now that will do a better job of converting potential clients. Number two, make sure that you establish and communicate very clearly a, a distinct brand position. And by the way, you did a great job, Mia, when I, I, with your existing brand position statement, looking back here at your website, the one that you are currently using, it's, it's above the fold. I don't have to scroll down to find it later in the site. You've got it right there at the top and I don't have to scroll to find it. That's really important. When we talk about website here in just a second, it, it, I would suggest doing the same thing again. Make sure that your position statement is front and center above the fold, whether on mobile or on the desktop version of the site where nobody has to scroll to find that. That's going to be super important and, and, and making sure that somebody immediately knows what sets you apart. All right. Let me jump back here. Got to push all these buttons. It's so weird when it's just me and I, I don't have the the dynamic of interacting with somebody and being able to change screens and look at my notes as the other person's talking. So I'm making a little bit of an adjustment here. Thanks uh, to everybody for being patient with us. And uh, for anybody who has joined us late in the game, this was meant to be a conversation with Mia. Mia had some technical issues um, with internet connection. And so I'm, I am still speaking to Mia. I'm making suggestions to Mia. This is a business consultation for Mia and everybody else gets the benefit as a result. And I hope that um, whether you're a new photographer an established photographer, some of these suggestions to refine uh, the presentation of your brand will help with your conversion efforts as well for potential clients. So number three, let's go to a simple 
website, choose a simple website design that will clearly communicate your value proposition, display your portfolio beautifully, and guide potential clients down the path to conversion. And I, those are three elements, important elements of a website that I, I want to kind of highlight. And actually we should add one, we should add a fourth one to that. We should also say SEO friendly. We're gonna talk about SEO here in just a second. Uh, but I would certainly encourage you to pick a platform that enables you to uh, maximize the SEO process for the sake of getting more exposure to your business. Choose a simple website design that will clearly communicate your value proposition, display your portfolio beautifully, and guide potential clients down the path to conversion. So let's actually talk about a, a website platform because Mia, what I would suggest to you is while, you know, if I go to your website right now, certainly I, I see your business name, I have links to the social media icon or social media accounts and um, your position statement. I see a couple of images from your portfolio here and uh, tell me more. I guess this right here might take them to a contact page. Yeah, it does so they can reach out and contact you. And that's kind of it, it's very, very simple, which is fine. But I think that the actual design itself um, might be a little bit dated. So what I would suggest to you is looking for a much cleaner, and this is where I will use that word modern, more modern design, specifically geared toward a photographer or photography business. And they're not, in any way compensating me to say this, I'm just a huge fan of, of the brand, the design, the product that they offer. But I mentioned flow themes uh, previously on our, uh, here on the podcast, F-L-O and then themes.com. Flow themes is a, is a platform built on WordPress. So when, when we're looking to maximize SEO, WordPress is, is really at the top of the game. And we'll talk a little bit about how to do that here in just a second. But what I would suggest is if you're trying to get more exposure in your marketplace, particularly online through searching or through search, that going with a platform that is built on WordPress is going to enable you to do that most effectively, or maybe even just most easily. I think there's it's something like 43% of the world of, of the interwebs is built on WordPress. It's, it's wild. There are a lot of people there, but it's a platform that enables um, photographers, business owners in general to certainly leverage their SEO efforts more effectively. And it's a platform that we use uh, for the front end of Photographer's Edit. And we're going to be using it for the front end of a new brand that we're getting ready to launch. WordPress is incredible. So I recommend that. And Flow Themes is built on WordPress and does a couple of things for you. Number one, as you can see here in, in what what's going on on the screen for anybody who is live streaming with me, they have a really pretty drag and drop functionality that is super impressive, very user-friendly. Um, and along with that though, really, really cool. I mean, you might find this valuable because um, I think you even commented earlier that you're not, I think maybe you were talking about marketing, maybe design as well, but I know most of us photographers, myself included, aren't trained designers, right? And so when, when we go to build out a website, if we don't have the budget to outsource that process to somebody else, or even if we do, but we want to continually keep it updated, and so we just do that ourselves, because in many cases, it's very easy to do that, we want to leverage a system like this. And really, really cool is that FlowThemes has uh, a number of templates, kind of pre-built uh, templates, they're available for you. You can see that right here start with a site template and you can see a number of options and they're super, super clean. They are very modern, um, keeping with modern trends as far as website design is concerned. Very minimalistic in nature, 
big images, just a little bit of text, a lot of white space, which is super important in number one, minimizing potential confusion of clients and ultimately guiding them more effectively to where you want them to go. And um, what's really cool too, of course, is, is the drag and drop editor. I mentioned that earlier, but they also, in addition to the, the uh, templates that they have, they also have this, excuse me, going to the wrong, wrong direction here. I think actually, let me jump over here. Yeah. So right over here on the, our product side of things, um, you can see the list that comes with it. Style, 24 style kits, 300 unique flex blocks, 40 page templates. Um, and again, th nobody's asking me to talk about this. I'm just so impressed with their design uh, and the product. So much so actually that I'm very seriously considering using it for our website as well. That's not a photography website, um, but using these tools because they're so beautifully done. So you can see here 300 plus unique flex blocks and there's these various blocks that you can use and then modify sections of a page, if you will, that you can use and modify to build out pages. And they have 40 plus page templates. And then of course, sites that you can start with and then modify as well. So I, I know it probably sounds like um, I'm, this is a, some kind of a weird paid sponsorship or something like that. It's totally not. Um, I, I happen to know Ross who started Flow Themes, Ross Tanner. Uh, I've known for Ross for years and years in our industry. Uh, super smart guy, super nice guy. But uh, he, I, I actually, I let him know that I was going to be talking about flow themes today. And I, I'd highly recommend that to you, Mia, because uh, I think it's there's a really great opportunity for you to go ahead and have a fresh start with your website um, that would more beautifully enable you to display your work, but also guide clients in the direction that you want them to go. And I think that would be a really good thing to do. And the cool thing is with flow themes, um, and it's, I think it's 169 bucks for the year you get all of that, but you would be able to get started really, really quickly. Um, and then you're building that on WordPress, which of course is super SEO friendly. So, uh, I think that would be super, super helpful for you. All right. So I wanted to kind of lead with that. Now, as far as the actual process of, um, setting up and designing your website, again, I'm not a designer flow themes very much enables you to, to be an effective, they've done the design work. You can just kind of plug and play those elements onto pages and build out a really pretty site. Mia, I, I would, I, I um, will give you props for keeping your website super simple. And I would recommend that you continue to do that. There's no need to have a bunch of, you know, 50 different pages to go to. You want to keep it super simple. Uh, make sure that the top of that homepage, you've got a clear and distinct brand position statement, maybe a beautiful header image to go with that. Maybe that, that position statement can lay over the header image. If you've got an image that has a lot of white space, you can lay the text in and then, um, make sure that you use really clear calls to action with buttons. It wasn't really clear on your website that some of those were links. I, I could kind of guess it by what they said, but they weren't buttons and they didn't have an underline. Just use buttons, um, really simple, clean, black key line border buttons. And um, those calls to action, make those call, make sure those calls to action will guide your potential client on the journey that you want them to take. Now, to give a little bit of context to that, I want to make a suggestion. And let me get a jump actually back over to my browser here. And for anybody who's listening in, let's do... Uh, I think actually the last, I'm just going to search website at bocapodcast.com and episode 511. And this was actually with Julia Bochesi. Julia on episode 511 talked about UX. So user experience or U user interface 
design and SEO, search engine optimization for higher website conversions. And what I'd suggest, Mia, is go and listen to that episode as soon as you can. And as you're building out that website using flow themes, use some of the ideas that you can see um, there or, or listen that you can hear about, I'm sorry, in that episode, episode 511. So anybody listening in, same thing, highly recommend it. Go check that out. And do take advantage, just a little side note, but if you go to bocapodcast.com, I'll just do this here as a live demo, bocapodcast.com. The first thing that you see at the top of the page there is a search bar. If you search for pretty much anything you can think of when it comes to running a photography business, you're probably going to find an episode or 10 or 15 or 50 about that particular topic. That's all you have to do. So in this case, I just searched website and that came up or I can go back and modify that search and search SEO. We're going to talk about SEO here in just a second. And lo and behold, we've got episodes about SEO. And um, like I said, we'll come back and talk about that here in just a second. But Mia, I would suggest leveraging that, the information there in that, that episode in particular that I just mentioned, uh, episode 511 with Julia. But you can also search through some of the other episodes that come up there and listen to some of that content to get some ideas, some direction um, as you're putting that updated, refreshed website together using flow themes. And, uh, and yeah, Mia says guiding clients, the goal. And it's really true uh, because I'm not a designer and I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this idea. It's something that I've been learning about more um, as we are continuing to more intentionally build out our websites with my companies. But thinking about the actual user flow and how you guide somebody through the website, it's really, really important to think about that. And, um, and Julia certainly touches on that topic in that episode. So make sure episode 511, you check that out and um, you consider that, make sure those calls to action are super intentional for the specific goals that you have for these potential clients and how you ultimately want to book them. All right. Wow. We've covered, uh, let's see, three points so far. So the first I mentioned was don't put too much weight on certifications and, and awards. Focus more on the actual creation of an experience for these clients, being a super cool person, <laughs> as, as trite as that might sound, that actually plays a massive role in this whole process. Being super upbeat and positive and warm and kind and caring makes a big difference. And then having a, a, a really beautiful site that shows off your portfolio and guides that client to conversion, that's what you need. So don't put too much weight on certifications and, and awards. Number two, make sure that you establish and communicate a clear and distinct brand position statement there on your website. Make sure, by the way, that you also copy that position statement to all your social media profiles. So everywhere they go, they're seeing that same position statement and it matches up, it aligns. Really, really important. Number three, choose a simple website design that will clearly communicate your value proposition, like we just talked about. Display your portfolio beautifully. And I mean, flow themes are built for photographers, so their websites are gonna enable you to very uh, easily create beautiful portfolio that you can that will enable you to show off your best work. And by the way, Mia, I would, I would emphasize best uh, here in, in that phrase, best work. Make sure that you're picking the best of the best of the best, the stuff that just will blow people away. If you've won awards with them, then certainly post that stuff. Pick the best of your portfolio. And we're gonna talk about this here in just a second, but I would also start doing some shoots for either a discounted price or even for free, just to get more people in front of your camera and building up that portfolio so you have more examples to show. And um, that way you can show more than, I think on your site right now, it looked like you only had maybe about 10 pictures to show. Uh, you may have a lot more in your library, Definitely pull those out if you've got some good ones, but also shoot some more and build that portfolio up and flow themes will enable you to be able to share those images beautifully. So that's really important. And uh, then as I, as we just talked about as well, 
make sure that that website enables you to guide potential clients through or down the path to conversion in the most effective way possible. Again, check out Boca Podcast episode 511. Okay, just a few more points to share here as we get ready to finish up. Number four, SEO. Now, this is a big topic and I'm not an SEO specialist. I'm lucky enough to have worked with specialists and we've put a lot of work in. Uh, in particular, Jill, actually our head of, of digital marketing at Photographer's Ed has put a ton of work in and developing an, our SEO and SEO strategy. And oh my goodness, it's it's been incredible actually, the work that she's, that she's accomplished in the last year that she's been with us. And what that has enabled is, is pretty awesome. So all that to say, um, while I'm not gonna park here and, and give you know a, a, a 10 point sermon about how to optimize your, your SEO, uh, what I will do is make a couple of recommendations. So one, we already talked about the significance of WordPress. WordPress will make your life easier when it comes to um, maximizing SEO, search engine optimization. So WordPress-based system, that's why I recommend, one of the reasons that I recommend flow themes, definitely go that route. Number two, use in conjunction with WordPress, use Yoast. And uh, I'm gonna actually pull this up on screen. Let me do this here. One second, there we go, okay. So gotta push the right buttons, <laughs> make sure I'm pushing all the right buttons. Yoast SEO for everyone, you can see this, it's yoast.com. We've talked about Yoast before uh, on the podcast. It's a tool that we've used ourselves extremely uh, user-friendly and helpful. And there's a free version that you can plug in to your WordPress site that doesn't cost you anything and still gives you a lot of helpful information helping you get on the road to, again, maximizing SEO. They also have a paid version that will give you more features and it's, it's relatively affordable, especially for the value that it brings. So highly recommend Yoast as, and, and again, it's a tool that once you plug it in to WordPress, it, it handholds you through the process. It tells you where you're falling short and what you can do to improve something and make sure you type this in and add that thing. And it gives you recommendations. And that's super helpful for those of us who are not SEO specialists. But that also is a great segue to my next recommendation, which is to take advantage of SEO specialists and take advantage in the best way possible, of course, take advantage of their expertise. So you can do that a couple of different ways. Um, one, again, go back to bocapodcast.com and as I mentioned this earlier, if you, if you go to bocapodcast.com, you search SEO, you're gonna see a lot of different episodes that come up under this topic. And you can see three here just to get you started. Fusa is actually gonna be speaking at a photography conference that we'll be announcing here very soon. Uh, but Fusa was the most recent episode where we talked about SEO and it's a super powerful one. And she brought a perspective that at that point, I don't think I had, I'd heard before on the topic. So not only go listen to Fusa's episode, also go listen to Kyle Goldie's, listen to Julia Buchesi's, and, and there are more here. Corey Potter and Dylan Howell are like super talented in this arena. But then you can also reach out to some of these individuals have a, consult, a consulting service um, or offer products or services in the realm of SEO. And you can take advantage of those. You can leverage those. That's where you're gonna wanna go to maximize SEO and ultimately to get more exposure to your site, Mia. And once they land in your site, you're gonna take advantage of the tools we talked about. You should be able to effect, uh, more effectively convert potential clients from there. So SEO is important. It's a massive topic. Again, I'm not a specialist, so we're not gonna spend a lot of time here, but what I want to do is recommend that you go to these resources. Certainly take advantage of WordPress and Yoast.com, that plugin. 
Uh, that's a free plugin, and even the service at a base level is free. You can pay extra for additional features. Take advantage of that. Take advantage of the information on the book of podcast episodes as we talk about and reach out to specialists like Fusa Rice, um, who can offer a lot of value in helping you maximize SEO, search engine optimization. Number five, um, and this is just a very simple recommendation, but Mia, I would recommend that you go through your Instagram and Facebook account and feed ultimately and clean it up. And what I, when I say clean it up, um, I would, I guess very, very simply just only have in there the work that you want to, the style of work that you want to photograph. So I would take out any of the extra posts that aren't specifically examples of the fine art portraiture that you want to offer as a service. And I'll just show you what I mean here. So I'm going to jump over to your Instagram account. I mean, this is super cute. Like this personal, it looks like a, yeah, I and mean, this is actually, I mean, what else can you say except it's just super cute and adorable. I love you so much to the best mom ever. You make me so happy. I love you so much. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, that, that just speaks for itself and is really, really lovely. I, and I hesitate to even suggest that you take that off your feed, but it might be a little bit confusing for a potential client who comes to your Instagram page and they're, they're getting ready to learn more about your photography business and they, they land on that, that post. And they're like, they're probably going to be like me. Oh my goodness. That's so cute. But it in no way helps them understand what your brand is and the service that your brand offers. And there is certainly a ton of value to personalizing the brand, but just for the sake of simplicity and conversation right now, what I would recommend that you do is to go through and clean up your feed, take out anything that isn't beautiful examples of your fine art portrait work. And I think that's going to be super, super helpful. And, and doing a better job of giving potential clients an idea of what it is that you offer, and then ultimately, hopefully encouraging them to uh, set up service or excuse me, set up portrait sessions with you. So do that with your Instagram and Facebook feed. And you know, for everybody else listening in too, I'd, I'd recommend the same thing. It's great to throw in a bit of personal here and there, but ultimately let that Instagram feed, let that Facebook feed be a, an additional portfolio. Um, and in fact, a lot of photographers, for some reason, and Mia, you didn't do this. Mia has her, her social media icons at the top of her website, which I think is what photographers should be doing. There's some argument that photographers make for pushing the social media icons to the bottom or pushing them out of the way where somebody has to scroll and go find them. And the argument is that, well, we want people to spend more time on the site. But the, the caveat is that now in 2022, and this has been the case for years, people spend time on social media. So why would you not want them to go interact with your brand, see what you have to offer, follow you, you know, respond to your stories, engage with your brand? Why would you not want them to do that? Uh, so I think making your social media front and center is a great idea. Make those social icons readily available and accessible and visible at the top of your page. But then when you send them there, make sure that that experience on those social media platforms is an accurate reflection and representation of your brand as they would see it on your website as well. Okay. Um, let's see. I've got one other idea I just wanted to share here and as, as we close up. And I appreciate everybody that's joined in today and kind of um, being flexible, going with the flow in this slightly unusual format where I'm speaking to our guest, but not actually on the air. Thanks, Mia, for also going with the flow. Mia admire photography. For those of you who missed it earlier, and I didn't, I didn't pop this up, but I should do that right now. Mia admire Mia underscore admire underscore photography. That's Instagram. You can see that on screen for those of you that are live streaming, and um, of course the website that I popped up earlier as well. Mia admire Make sure you go follow Mia. Encourage her. 
um, in her journey to continue to build out her photography business. But just one last thing, Mia, that I that I want to suggest to you. Um, I know that you briefly, Mia sent me a number of messages um, via Messenger and gave me a really detailed breakdown of kind of where she's come from, where she's at, what she's looking to try to accomplish. What I would suggest, Mia, in addition to essentially redesigning your site, uh, making it more user-friendly, more visually appealing, and guiding potential clients more effectively to that conversion that you're looking for, and then, of course, maximizing SEO. In addition to doing those things, my suggestion would be, in order to start booking more clients, would be to maybe offer some either free or discounted sessions to your locale. It could even be some friends and family if you want to start at that place. The goal here is to, number one, build up your portfolio, as we talked about, so you've got more work to display on your site. By the way, when you say fine art photography, make sure that that work that you're displaying truly comes off as fine art, something that is just like, kind of takes your breath away. It's just stunning, and you stare at it for a second because you can't believe how beautiful it is. That's what you want to create. If you're going to say fine art, that's a big that's a big statement, and you need to back that up. So again, the best of the best stuff is what you're displaying. Make sure that that work is just mind-bogglingly good. Um, but you want to build up your portfolio. So that would be part of the goal in offering these discounted or free services is to try to get to build up your portfolio. Through that process though, what you could also do is offer discounted prints, large prints, canvas prints or fine art prints, large format prints that these individuals can hang in their house or maybe hang in their office. And that would give exposure to your brand. Somebody comes by like, oh my goodness, that's so beautiful. Who, who took that picture? Who did that portrait for you? And then of course, naturally they get to talk about you. So a little bit of opportunity. It's really a win-win. It's an opportunity for you to build your portfolio, but it's also an opportunity for you to get the word out about your brand. And that's really important as well. So I would start to offer those sessions. And again, I wouldn't just do that with um, the general public, friends, family, or you know, just finding maybe friends of friends that you can go offer this to. I would also do it with businesses. And what I would suggest, and this is something I've talked about quite a bit on the podcast in the past, but we developed a really great working relationship with a local wedding coordinator when we were wedding photographers, where we offered, or my, my business partner would do family portrait sessions for that coordinator. And that was obviously a massive value add to her and to her family. Um, and I don't even remember how many different sessions that um, we photographed for her, but she also sent a bunch of business our way. So there was this really incredible working relationship. We also developed a bit of a personal relationship over time and it was just a win-win. So what I would look to do is again, set aside the, the kind of the emphasis on um, anything that is highlighting your certification and highlighting the notion of you being a professional photographer as much as just you're looking for opportunities to be able to share your work. And through a combination of sharing your work and ultimately people getting the chance to connect with you and your lovely personality, then that that is going to draw them in. That's going to pull them in. And that's what you ultimately want. I would focus not on trying to go to organizations uh, for the sake of these kind of kind of almost old school networking as much as going to businesses that I think would be a good fit or would be, would be a uh, kind of an organic fit with your business, businesses like boutiques, clothing boutiques, because naturally people have to buy nice clothes for these fine art portrait sessions. Uh, businesses like furniture, local furniture businesses, where you might want to to have a picture of a print, or you could have, actually, excuse me, you could have a photograph, a portrait, fine art portrait of an individual or a family on the furniture that this particular business is selling. Uh, that's another way you could do it home builders, 
who want to demonstrate, maybe they build out sections of a home, a kitchen, a living room, that kind of thing. People can walk in and see this. Maybe you offer to do a portrait session for one of the owners and that one of those large prints of that uh, owner's family could go up in that setting. And now people are coming through and they're thinking about what it's like to customize this home that they want to build. And oh my goodness, that's a really beautiful portrait. And maybe I want to also find out who that photographer is so I can get my portraits done through them and kind of add a beautiful finish, if you will, to this home that I'm about to build. That's just a few ideas, just kind of off the top of my head, but look for opportunities to collaborate with other businesses who you'd be a good fit for. And that, that kind of um, feet on the ground. I said old school networking earlier, and I, what I meant by that is more of the business meetings, networking meetings. Stay away from that stuff and focus more on developing individual relationships with, again, the general public, friends, family, friends of friends, friends of family, um, and maybe your neighbors, but then also developing relationships with individual businesses who you might be able to partner with in some form or fashion. That's the direction that I would go. And if you're only looking to book three or four sessions a month and you've made the changes to the website that we've talked about, you've developed an SEO strategy like we talked about, and you're beginning to develop a relationship with your local community and people are beginning to see your work, honestly, I don't think you're going to have a tough time yeah, booking three to four sessions a month. Um, I think you'll be in a really, really great spot in that regard. Okay. I know that... Um, well, we're, we're up here on time. This has been an almost an hour episode. I said it was going to be short and uh, we ended up figures. <laughs> it's me talking. It went longer than I expected. Um, but I hope this was helpful, Mia, not only for you, but also for everybody listening in. And um, again, whether you're an established photographer, you've been in this for a while, maybe you just need to go back and take a second look at your website and make sure some of the things we talked about um, have been put in place. Maybe you're thinking a little bit about how you can get out and connect with your community to try to book more business. Um, I hope this was helpful for you. And certainly for those photographers who are newer in the game or looking for opportunities to book more business, I hope this was also helpful for you. And of course, if you ever have any questions, you can just reach out to us on Instagram, bocapodcasts.com. I can book a podcast.com. Well, you can go to bocapodcast.com, certainly. And um, you can see the latest episodes there. Look at the show notes, the resources. Certainly the resources and, and references from today's episode will be in the show notes there at bocapodcast.com when this comes out here in the next few weeks. And um, Don Stevens says from Facebook, great topic, a lot to think about, very helpful. I hope so, Don. And I know that you know, these are most of these topics that I just brought up are big topics and we just kind of scratched the surface of them. Uh, this is certainly an opportunity for me to encourage everybody to go to bocapodcast.com and search those topics on or at Boca Podcast because we do have a lot of content there that I think is going to be super helpful. But uh, thanks for listening in, Don. And uh, also to Mia, she said, thank you so much. A fresh pair of eyes, fresh perspective and outsourced information. Thank you. And Mia, I'm, I'm glad this was helpful. And I'm sorry it didn't work out where we could actually talk, interact back and forth. But I hope some of these pointers were helpful. And um, I, I'm looking forward to hearing how some of these changes take you two, three, four, or five steps forward in your business. Make sure to keep us updated and posted as well. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been an episode. Happy Wednesday to you. Thanks so much for listening in and uh, look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Have a lovely day. Bye-bye.